This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey, everyone. As promised in our daily financial news, we are going to be speaking with Jonathan Twomley today as a part of our expert series. How are you doing, Jonathan? I'm great, Michael, and I really missed last week, so sorry about <laughs> not being able to uh, to be on that call, but I was, I was uh, up closing my new house upstate and taking care of that stuff. So yes, well, that's all right. You're, you're allowed to have a busy life. It's okay. You're, you're, you're <laughs> taking advantage of some pretty good things. So maybe we'll get into that in a minute, folks, just so you know, we're going to actually have three topics with Jonathan today. We're going to break them into three different sections. First and foremost, we're going to talk about his multi-family launch pad. He just had his mastermind event yesterday, which was awesome. Uh, then we're going to talk about the economic data of the day, unemployment, GDP, stimulus. And then finally, we're going to close with where are the opportunities in the future, right? We're going to talk about the big boys and mom and pop. So lots of stuff with Jonathan today. Please pay, pay attention. But Jonathan, let's talk about the Mastermind event, which is a part of the ma uh, mas uh, Multifamily Launchpad, uh, which is a quarterly event. It's, uh, it's something that's fantastic. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I didn't really intend to do this as like a plug of the mastermind, but because uh, I wanted to talk about it because we had a couple of really, we had six great guests yesterday, uh, ranging on all, you know, we had topics ranging from how to do single family uh, vacation rentals, why that's a hot topic right now, you know, what, what's going on because of COVID, it's really benefiting. We talked about how to build a portfolio without syndicating. Uh, we talked to Ryan Severino, who's the chief uh, economist of Jan Jones Lang LaSalle, with James Ang of Old Capital about what's going on in the capital markets. Uh, we talked with, uh, gosh, got two more people on there slipping my mind. Um, oh, I have my list here. Uh, we talked with um, Ted Lanzaro, who's a CPA, about uh, what's going to happen to your taxes as a result of the election. That was a really hot topic. I mean, talking about, you know, they've been talking about the 1031 disappearing if Biden's elected. We went kind of put that to the test. Uh, put a bunch of other, you know, things that are scary to real estate investors to the test. And, uh, you know, we had a great conversation about that. And uh, we also had uh, Paul Moore come on and talk about how you raise a fund, which is, I know, a topic of interest to a lot of people. But I wanted to, the reason I wanted to talk about this um, was because in particular, Ryan Severino, who's an economist uh, at Jones Lang LaSalle, and uh, James Ang, who's like just in the thick of it, because he's a really, really active uh, mortgage lender. Um, really had some interesting insights about where the economy is, what the multifamily market looks like. And I just wanted to talk about that a little bit mm -hmm. because I thought, you know, you guys would like to hear this, this information. And if you, if you want to watch the full interviews about the whole six uh, hours of this, um, you, can, uh, you can still buy the videos. Uh, we'll put the link up in the show notes after. I don't know the, the URL off the top of my head, but, uh, you can still get the videos if you want, 97 bucks. Great deal uh, for yeah. all this knowledge. So anyway, so what J what Ryan Severino, his, you know, real takeaway point was that the recession is the coronavirus. The recession is the pandemic. Mm. And he said, the issue with the economy right now is that 
at the end of the day, people are not doing stuff that they normally do because of the pandemic, mm -hmm. because they're concerned about getting sick. And now we had said earlier on in this whole, you know, event, there was a supply side shock when everything got shut down. So the economy had basically the supply dried up for yep. most goods and services, except for essential ones. So that, so the economy took a huge hit because of that. However, that has basically all been turned back on, almost all of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, what is the residual that's still lingering is the fact that people are not traveling, they're not going to their offices, mm -hmm. they're not going about their daily lives in the way that they used to be because of coronavirus. They don't want to get on planes, they're not going to get go to movie theaters, they don't want to go to restaurants, uh, that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, they've really altered their spending habits because of this. So, uh, you know, that actually dovetails really nicely into the presentation by Anna Kelly about vacation rentals, because one of the effects of COVID has been that people are staying closer to home. They're going on driving vacations. Yeah. And if you are, uh, if you can get your hands on vacation rentals in places that are either highly popular on their own as a kind of a stake, not staycation, but you know, as a easily accessible vacation that doesn't involve flying or someplace that is a vacation area that's within a driving distance of, uh, of a major metropolitan area. You know, there was a briefly back when Corona started, there were a lot of cancellations, people freaked out, but then it just ramped up like crazy yeah. and the demand was off the charts for vacation rentals. And it, 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 that's kind of the same thing that Ryan Severino, it's an, an effect of what Ryan Severino is talking about, the change in consumer habits because of this. So, um, but again, I just thought that his point was so, you know, I like sort of intuitively understood this, but for him to say the recession is the pandemic and the pandemic is the recession uh, was just, I think if people don't really get that, they're really not going to understand where we are in the economy now and and what the trajectory of uh of the recovery is going to look like and a couple of interesting charts that he put up one was your favorite the k-shaped recovery he's like you know very much you know into that and the thing that was interesting about the k-shaped recovery was you know and i hadn't seen anybody uh, really uh, laid out this way before but you know when you when you've got the three prongs of the k or actually yeah. really the way he did it is sort of four there's the straight up is people who were just like their businesses have just boomed because of covid mm. straight straight down is the people who have just been like really screwed immediately ah. because of covid then the upper you know the upper upward sloping portion is the people who are basically back to normal because they have jobs that can be done from home and they depend on technology and the sloping downward is the people who are like slowly getting killed because yeah. their jobs have been just like eroding away uh, because of COVID, so um, that was really interesting. But also, in the in the in the sort of GDP growth trend part of the recovery that he talked about, it's a very clear square root, you know, function. Mm -hmm. it's yeah. Quick bounce back, uh, and he talked about how you know we had the you know the worst recession of all time. And we're going to, and Q3 is going to look like the greatest recovery in the history of man. And you and I both, we predicted exactly this months ago. Months and months and yeah. months ago. And believe me, as soon as the data comes out for the third quarter, the politicians are going to be claiming all kinds of credit for 
all, but you know, think about it. all they did was just turn the economy back on. And of course you're going to have a huge, yeah. huge bounce back, but it's a bounce back to only a point. Yeah. And then it's a slow haul back. And so they're not predicting, predicting the economy, at least Ryan is, and he's a really good economist, uh, not predicting the economy to return to normal until about 2023. I would like to hit where we were. Wow. 2023. So 2019, GDP totals does 2023 four years. I think so. It was either 2022 or 2023, but it's yeah. not. I mean, it's a slow it's not grind. <laughs> it's a slow grind back. Yeah, that uh, last 10 percent is tough. Yeah, and you know, he talked about the the economists, the you know, the Economist magazine, their metaphor of the 90 percent economy, right? That's kind oh. of like we're just, you know, he said it's not precisely 90 percent, but yeah. it's a good way of thinking about it. That you know, basically, we bounced back to 90 percent of where we were, but that last 10 percent is all. The stuff that people can't do yeah uh, or can't do, do won't do won't do can't yeah. do or won't do because of covid so yeah. that was that was one really interesting point then the other really interesting thing that i want to highlight um was james ang's presentation about the lending environment hmm. and uh oh actually before we get there one other thing that was interesting about ryan severino uh, and this and this was really ins- helpful because of stuff you and i talk about all the time which was millennial home buying. Yeah. And what what he was saying, and this is, you know, I was so happy to hear this because Ryan came on and he was like, since 2015, I've been saying this whole idea that millennials don't want to own homes. It's just BS. Yes. They want to own homes, but they couldn't because the market had basically seized up after the great financial crisis. It got hard to buy a home. People weren't putting homes on the market. There wasn't enough supply. You couldn't get a mortgage. As soon as things started loosening up in 2016, you saw the home ownership rate start ticking back up again. And that was the, the millennials finally having, you know, the, the cork pulled out of the bottle. Mm-hmm. And, and so, but now what's happened is basically because of COVID, the, all the people who were sitting on the fence, you know, all the people who had that pent up demand, all the people who were going to move anyway, now it's just all happening at once. Yeah. So the interesting thing, and this is just like how you have to understand uh, economic data, Right people have this tendency to take a snapshot of where we are and extrapolate it into the future forever and decide this is, this is, and because of that, they make investment decisions and they make bad ones. So, so the bad investment, the bad extrapolation of data from 10 years ago was millennials don't want to own homes. I mean, so actually what it was, was millennials are not buying homes. right? Right. And then the leap, the, the logical leap was because they're, they're not buying homes because they don't want to buy homes. Right. And, and then, and because they don't want to buy homes, they will never want to buy homes. Yep. And so they're going to rent forever. Right. <laughs> that was, that was the logical chain. Yeah. That, that is happened. going to prove to crush some people. Yeah. So, <laughs> and that's why we, you know, multifamily development just ramped up like crazy, especially in the core, in the core yeah. areas where the millennials wanted to, were living because they were young and they wanted to like allow and have fun yep. and meet, meet the opposite sex and whatever. Right. So, but as they were aging, they were stuck because they couldn't, you know, they couldn't qualify for mortgages or whatever the reason was, right? So now what's happened is if we've had 10 years of pent up demand and suddenly COVID has pushed it over the edge. So, so all of that pent up demand is all happening now, right? And again, people are going to make the wrong, they're going to draw the wrong conclusion from this rather than looking at this thing over say like a 30 or 40 year time horizon and seeing, oh, this is just reversion to the mean, which you have, and you have to overcorrect to get yeah. back to the mean, right? So 
rather than looking at it over the long view and saying, oh, this is just what we expected to happen anyway, it's just being compressed. Now what they're saying is, oh, everyone's fleeing the cities. Nobody wants to live in the cities anymore. Probably the same people who said people only want to live in the cities, the suburbs are dead. Like those same people are now turning around saying, the cities are dead. The suburbs is, is where it's going to happen. Nobody's ever going to live in a city again. And like, it just, none of that is true, right? If you look at the snapshot, it'll mislead you. Yeah. Now, as, as you and I have talked about before, the uh, th there are short-term investable trends, sure. right? And so like a short-term investable trend right now is, you know, go buy, you know, beat up houses in the suburbs and flip them to yeah. these people who, who now suddenly you know, have like, they've been pushed over the edge by COVID plus interest rates are super low. So, you know, mm -hmm. that is an investable thing. No question. But, but the idea that like, you're never gonna, that no one is ever gonna live in a city again. So you should sell all your holdings in the city or like <laughs> never buy in the city again. That is not realistic. In fact, what you should be thinking about is gosh, all these other people around me are going to be taking the wrong conclusion from this. There's going to be a lot of fear that what well, that means cheap assets, right? That exactly. means bargains. And that's right? what so, I want to talk about in our third conversation today yeah. is where, where to look. And it's always where people are running from. Yes. Uh, yeah. Right. The, the, the lemmings are real. The population. I mean, it's, it's amazing. If you pay attention and you stay measured and you don't let your emotions get away from you, you really can watch, you can just watch it all happen. It's like a movie. It's, it's yeah. pretty fun to watch. With the caveat though, that I think, again, long-term trend, look at the long-term trends, because if you have long-term trends of population decline, that's telling you something else. That's different. Right? Yes. That's different from like a short burst of like panic induced buy-in, right? So, um, so those are two different things. We'll talk about that later. Now, going back to, to James Zhang, uh, so James, was talking about the multifamily lending environment and was talking about how in the third quarter, there was just record deals on the market. There were a ton of deals on the market. Really? And, and the reason again was because the market ground to a halt uh -huh. because yeah. of COVID. And so there was all this pent up, this, everything that people were planning to bring to market didn't go to market. Uh, so but then what happened was when collections were uh, were still good because of all of the government stimulus and the fact that like people like you and I continued to just work as normally and what, mm -hmm. what have you, uh, people at the upper end of the income scale were, were still fine paying their rent. People at the lower end were getting government support to help them pay rent. When all the, the st stats came out, uh, you know, and it looked good, all of those sellers said, now's the time to sell before something, before yeah. bad data starts coming out. So record number of deals came to the market apparently. Um, but it also really depended on your market, which market you were looking at. Um, I didn't see as much, but I heard other people yeah. you know, in my Facebook group saying, God, like where are all these deals coming from? Suddenly my- Where'd the supply come from? Yeah. yeah. And again, it's because of the lumpiness, right? It's because uh, the stuff that didn't come out before yeah. uh, suddenly came out. Plus, I think some people who were on the bubble about selling, thinking like, gosh, now is the time to get out uh, and, and, and pass this on to some sucker before, <laughs> the, uh, before the bottom drops out. And so interestingly enough, we haven't really paid attention to this over the last month, I think just because I've been busy with other things. The collection, as we expected it would with the government support uh, 
you know, drying up. Mm-hmm. So uh, people did bank a lot of that money. They, they, they put a lot because they got paid so much money and they, they did the sort of economically rational thing was, which was, boy, I'm getting more money than I expected, but I know that this is, a, this is time limited. So I'm going to bank as much as, as much of it as I can. And that has allowed them to carry over a couple of months mm-hmm. with rent payments. But now we're starting to see the erosion and what's happening in the lending environment is that the lenders are no longer looking at T3 data or T12 data. They're looking at the T1 data. T1 is, is trailing one month. Yep. They're looking at the trailing one month data because that is the most up-to-date about collections. And that is affecting now uh, the proceeds that you can get for a loan. So it hasn't now. So what's happened now is people are still overpaying for deals. The cap rates are super compressed. You know, James made a great point about, he said in Dallas, you can buy a class A property for four cap, a B for four and a half and a C for a five cap. Oh my like, goodness. If that's the situation, you want to be buying A's because you're not getting any risk premium for a C, right? At mm-hmm. 1% difference in cap rate, oh, right? Yeah, for sure. And, and so, um, but, uh, you know, they're, uh, so you've got like people, there's fairly, you know, the supply is limited, even though the, a record amount of deals came on not as much as what people want. The demand is still really high. There's money coming in from other sectors that used to buy hotels and retail and stuff. They're all flooding into multifamily. They're keeping the, the prices up. The cap rates are really compressed, but now we're kind of running into this like buzzsaw where that, you know, the proceeds you can get are going to be less. So you're gonna have to raise more equity yep. for a more expensive deal. To, so you can get to the level of, you know, they're not necessarily you might be in a program that says we will land 75%, but then it's DSCR constrained because you can't hit your 1.25. So you might only get 68% proceeds. And I actually, I've seen this on deals I've been looking at. I send them to my mortgage broker and he's like, okay, this is an 80% LTV program I can get you into, but we can only get you 67% LTV because of the DSCR coverage. So that means you're raising a lot more equity. Now, a lot of people are happy to do that because they're looking around the world and saying, well, where else am I going to get you know, 4%, right? True. That's, that's, that's fine. If you can guarantee that you're going to continue to get 4%. I think the issue is where do rent collections go and where do cap rates go? And if, uh, you know, if there's inflation, interest rates will go up, that'll cause cap rates to go up. Yeah. Um, You know, so that'll, you know, ruin your exit or ruin your refi. So, I mean, you know, we're still in this weird sort of top of the market situation with uh, with multifamily real estate, with a, an economy that's not so great, right? And it's only slowly recovering at best. And depending on your your uh, your asset class, you know, you may be at more risk than others. And as you've For said, sure. before, we've both talked about this many times. Your A class renters. If that building is not seasoned, right? If, if this is a lease up situation or, you know, whatever, if that's on a seasoned building that has, you know, it's 92, 93% occupancy kind of locked in and like, you're, you're not, you know, you can refill a few apartments if you, if you need to, you know, that class A renter they're they're looking at, you know, 3% mortgage interest rates and saying, do I really need to be paying rent? Yeah, you know? exactly. And and your C-class renter, well, that unemployment supplemental just ran out, and you know, 
obviously a lot of them still have jobs, but a lot of them don't. Your occupancy is not going to be as high as you expect. So, yeah. and your collections are going to be weak. So this, these are things that you need to consider. So anyway, that was a very long-winded kind of summary of what happened yesterday, but it was a really great day. And as I said, if you'd like the videos, we'll put the link up and you can, you can still buy them. So absolutely folks, I would recommend 97 bucks, six hours of material every quarter, you know, rock star analysts quoted all over the media. And again, you are getting to see what is really going on. Jonathan, Jonathan and I talk to you every week, but to get these six individuals talking about what's going on, whether it's vacation rentals and what happened there with Anna, just a total surprise, right? February or March, we're like, oh, get away. Airbnb's out of here. Everybody's going to go broke. And all of a sudden, you know what? Staycations, driving. And, and oh, by the way, people would rather do Airbnb worth hotel. I didn't see that yeah, coming. Exactly. That's another point that, that she brought up, which is a great one that, that, you know, I mean, I've wanted to do Airbnbs over hotels for ages because I've got a family, like it's just more comfortable to stay in a house we can cook. But, you know, with the coronavirus going on, and either you can't go to restaurants or you don't want to go to restaurants or, you know, the restaurant is at 50% capacity and you go there and there's a line and you can't, you know, like yeah. you just want to be able to like have a kitchen cook, mm -hmm. you know, you don't want to go to a hotel cause you don't know who's touching what, even yeah. though they've got, you know, they're doing their sterilization and stuff. Yeah. Like you still just, so Airbnb, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's where good. people want to be right now. So it's very good. And then again, talking with economists about what's going on, the K-shaped economy, understanding what's going on with millennials. It's so awesome to see what you and I talk about every week is bubbling up to the, to the really smart and talented people. So that's, that's wonderful. So, I mean, we're so, we're just so smart. Michael. I mean, we just can't like, we're just so such geniuses at this stuff. <laughs> no, man. Every, everyone eventually, you know, they eventually catch up with us with the data, but you know, we, we, we I will say we're batting, probably 750 800 we're doing pretty well i have a little bit we're, we're doing we're doing okay yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and i just want to make one more point too that you know this multi this uh, mastermind day you can always buy tickets for it and buy the videos but it's actually a perk you get for free if you're a member of multifamily launchpad so uh you know if you're if you're if you're a member and you're you're current uh and uh you know you're, you're paid up you get this four times a year for free so. Yeah, folks, you need to you need to join Multifamily Launchpad. Getting at these mastermind events for $97 may be a, a test, but Jonathan puts out amazing stuff. I've seen the feedback from his students. You really need to check out Multifamily Launchpad. Uh, Jonathan, I want to thank you for this episode. I look forward to number two.